Howdy! This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Friday, November 17th, 2023, I wish you a happy, happy, happy National Homemade Bread Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, the only place covering specifically Big Ten football and Big Ten basketball, so you can go find them wherever you are taking in your sports content. Today's show, I hope you're feeling somewhat encouraged by the Ohio State basketball program, given they just smacked around Merrimack there in the second half on when was this game Wednesday on Wednesday evening I believe I I feel somewhat good about it yet it it's still very clear many fans do not feel good about Ohio State basketball and Chris Holtman we saw the news come out I spoke about it on the last episode about the fact that we just saw the lowest attendance in Schottenstein Center history for a men's regular season basketball game. That's disappointing. But alas, here we are talking Ohio State basketball because there's many out there who want to do so. So today, we are going to preview the Buckeyes matchup with Western Michigan. A little Big Ten Mac crossover if you will, and not the first of Mac schools Ohio State will play this year. The Twitters have been alive and well the past couple days with people wanting to get rid of, of Chris Holtman, and that's fine. This is America. You can have your own opinion, but I choose to set my sights on Ohio State facing Western Michigan coming up here on a Sunday afternoon game in the shot. If you're sad that your favorite NFL team's starting quarterback has been de- been declared out for the season, let's just put all our hope in Ohio State basketball. Why? Because we know that they will never, ever fail us. Especially not against Western Michigan. So today we will preview Western Michigan, a team that sits at 0-3 right now. We're going to dive into that schedule and determine, is this 0-3 legit? Or is this 0-3 really bad? We'll, of course, preview their offense and their defense. We'll get into some predictions for the game, some keys to the game. And then, of course, some banger bets to keep our eyes on as well. So appreciate you being here. If you haven't already, please subscribe, follow wherever you're getting your podcast would appreciate it more than you could ever understand, and that's all I will say about that. So let's talk about Ohio State taking on the Western Michigan, former fighting P.J. Flex, and now they're just the Western Michigan Broncos. Uh, So we had this preview about Merrimack, right? And I said, look, this game is probably not going to be pretty. Ohio State would like to see them start fast, but they may not have the chance to do so. And that's pretty much what we saw. The game wasn't pretty. Ohio State ran away with it in the second half. And that's all all good and well. But now Ohio State is going to play a team in Western Michigan that I declared would be the worst team Ohio State would play this season in the season preview series. 
I said Western Michigan would be the worst, followed by Merrimack. So if if my thoughts on this are correct, Ohio State is in the midst of playing the two worst teams that they will play on the schedule this year. Now, I had since critiqued that slightly, and I, I went with a tweak and said, yeah, Merrimack is the worst team on the schedule. So let's say Western Michigan is the second worst team on the schedule. Regardless, this shouldn't be a team that Ohio State should be too worried about. But let's talk about why. So number one, I'm going to talk about last season just because we're still so early in the season. I'll probably do this at least through the end of November. So early in the season, we have no sample size for what a team may be this season. We know they're 0-3, but what about last year? So last year, they finished 8-23 and and 4-14 and in the Mighty Mac. That's good for 12th place. I believe there's 12 teams in the Mac, so that should be last. Not going to check because I don't care enough about the Mac. They also finished number 323 in Ken Palm. I always like to see how these mid-majors and low-majors are playing against power conference teams. So last season, Western Michigan, they opened up the year and they took on Minnesota and they lost by one. I think that's more of an indictment on Minnesota than anything else, so we move on. Sorry, Jamison, to, to always be trashing Minnesota, but you're not there anymore anyway, so I'm not sure it matters. They lost to Iowa State by 16. They lost to Wisconsin by 10, and they were absolutely horrible defensively. Their defensive rating was 116.8. That's really bad. Stay tuned to see if it's gotten even worse this season or not. Steals, blocks, use of fouls, all were were foul and rank. I said specifically on the season preview series when we went through Western Michigan and gave a quick preview on them. Stay tuned to say, see if that that is still the same this season. Now their schedule, we've mentioned their 0-3. If you haven't looked into their schedule yet or you're not familiar with the teams that they played, I can give that to you right now. So they took an L to start the year to North Dakota State. North Dakota State, in overtime, they lost by four. North Dakota State, by the way, are they the Jackrabbits or are they the Bison? Far from me to know. Sitting at three and two, they could compete in the summit this season, I think, with South Dakota State and Oral Roberts. They could be an okay team, but an L is an L regardless. Then they lost to Georgia State 77 to 70. Georgia State, not a horrible team either. They're likely not going to win anything in the Sun Belt, but I mean, the Sun Belt includes James Madison, Appalachian State, Old Dominion. All who I think have a chance to make some kind of run as a mid-major this season. So those two losses, it's like, eh, you know, you lose by a combined 11 points to two teams that are okay. You'd like to see them win one of those, and maybe it shows they've got a little bit more of a pedigree to win. But they take an L in both those games, and then they just played Northwestern. They lost that one 63-59, I believe, on Big Ten+. Plus in case you missed that one, but they were in it until the very end. Northwestern had to scratch and claw, specifically because they are Wildcats, after all. They had to scratch and claw in order to win that game. So they gave Northwestern a fight, who I picked to finish fourth in the Big Ten this year. So that's a good quality loss, if if we're grading on my scale. Uh, look, that's that's their schedule this season. They opened number 318 in Ken Palm. Remember last year, they finished well outside the top 300 in Ken Palm. This season, kind of the same. 
They were uh, last among all Mac schools in in the opening Ken Palm rankings, just barely. They've since jumped to number 305, and with a win Ohio with a win against Ohio State, they would be easily in to the 200s, if not higher. I don't know what a win against Ohio State would do. Buckeyes, I think, ranked 50th or 51st at the time of recording in Ken Palm. So, again, a team that you're not necessarily all that afraid to play, especially you're looking at a Mac school, and I would assume that when you're looking at Mac schools, you're like, okay, this team could at least be okay. Not really the case with Western Michigan. I don't remember where Merrimack finished or, or where they were, sorry, in Ken Palm heading into this season. I think they were a little bit lower than Western Michigan. They're they're number hundred number three hundred eleven. And Western Michigan at, at this time of recording at least is is three hundred five. So very similar teams there. It is what it is. So Western Michigan's not going to scare you. Let's talk about their offense. The offense is is pretty much middle of the road just about everywhere. Their offensive rating sits at 102.6. They score 65.6 points per game. And the the one spot where they are really, really, really bad is free throw shooting. This team as a whole, through three games in a regular season is shooting 59.6% from the free throw line. 59.6%. How is that even possible, you ask? Well, realistically, they're barely making more shots than they're missing from the free throw line this season. But also, two players on this team are shooting 83% from the free throw line. The rest of the team is shooting 67% or worse. I believe two players are shooting 67%. The rest are in the low 60s or in the 50s. At least no one is missing more free throws than they're making so far this year, but not a good free throw shooting team. So there's that. Um, in, in terms of their their system, their style, all those types of things, they will fire away from three against Ohio State. Now, they're good at chasing down long rebounds. Let me actually get into that before we get into three-point shooting. It it, it feels right to talk about this offensive rebounding thing because I'm not sure if Chris Holtman meant to do this going into scheduling this season, but this is yet another good offensive rebounding team. We already know about Texas A&M. Merrimack and and Oakland, they didn't rebound well offensively necessarily uh, this entire season, but... They've either profiled well to do so, or they've had the history of rebounding well offensively. Texas A&M ranks 15th in offensive rebounding percentage this season. Western Michigan is right behind them, ranking 23rd nationally in the entire NCAA in offensive rebounding percentage. And they're 18th in, uh, what is this number here that I'm looking at? It is uh, percentage of points. Uh, a percentage of second chance points. Sorry. I, sometimes you just write your notes out, and, and you know this as a listener. You you know, I'm sure you have your own podcast as well. You just write your notes out, and you're like, what the heck did I just write here? And, and that was an instance there. So Western Michigan, 23rd in the NCAA in offensive rebounding percentage. That means the, the amount of opportunities they get to get an offensive rebound, how many times are they actually getting it? They're good there. 
The other place where they're good is percentage of points coming off of the second chance, 18th in that. So not only are they getting a bunch of offensive rebounds so far this season, they're doing a lot with it as well. And that has come in, in large part, I would say, because Western Michigan is just hucking them from deep. They are not afraid to do so. They've got a couple players who are certainly not afraid to do so. But at this point in the season, they are shooting a bunch of threes. They take 24 three-pointers per game, which is more than average. But this is a really, really slow-paced team. So this is why we are thankful for analytics like CBB analytics, college basketball analytics. You see that number on paper and it's like, ants, eh, whatever. But because they're such a slowly paced team, you don't see the fact that they're actually 78th percentile in their percentage of field goals taken from deep. 41.1% of their field goal attempts come from behind the three-point line. And they're also not sh- they're not bad at shooting from deep either. Uh, as a team, they're shooting 37.5% from long range. That's 80th percentile. So you would expect this to be a team that not only isn't afraid to fire away against Ohio State, but may as well hit a couple threes as well. And as we saw in the Merrimack game, for some reason, that was about the only shot they could hit. So something to keep an eye on for Ohio State taking on Western Michigan. Like I said, they run a really, really slow offense. It's like Merrimack, except for, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Merrimack just kind of pissed me off by how deliberately slow they were with their offense. It's like, it's not, it's clearly not helping you. It's not helping you score more points, but they're, they're sometimes coming out in press and it really, it did nothing to Ohio State. I mean, Bruce Thornton would dribble the ball up the floor, pass it to Roddy Gale. Gale would throw it back to Bruce Thornton and he'd cross the half court line. And and then Merrimack is like, oh, well, that, that didn't really work, did it? And of course, their goal is more than anything just to slow your offense down. Not really an issue with Ohio State because of how slow their offense is. Really going down a rabbit hole here. But the point remains the same. Merrimack just pissed me off and how slow they were and how they run this little 4-1 zone and whatever. But congrats to Merrimack for being close in the first half. Speaking of being slow, Western Michigan is slow as well. They get 63.9 possessions per 40 minutes. That's 8th percentile. So not many teams are getting less offensive possessions than Western Michigan this year. Let's talk about a few players here offensively to keep an eye on from Western Michigan. So Seth Hubbard, he's their ISO guy. He's averaging 14.7 points per game. That's first on the team among players who have played the entire season this year. Um, brother just wants to go out and ball. That's all he really cares about. He shot 17.3 field goals per game. Just wants to hoop, does Seth Hubbard. He's he's the ISO guy. When you're looking to get a shot up, when you need to get something, which happens a lot in this offense where you're down to 10 seconds on the shot clock, someone's got to do something. Seth Hubbard is the guy to do so. He's the most consistent three-point producer as well on the team. Brandon Muntu is the other of his 28, sorry, 24 field goal attempts this year. 18 have come from deep. So those are the two guys who may present some kind of a challenge for Ohio State or you need to close out a little bit quicker, maybe play them a little bit tighter so that they can't get shots off. But man, Seth Hubbard, I mean, 17 field goals per game is insane already. He's averaging 15 points per game. He he just wants to ball. He loves to just go ISO and, and try to put someone through a blender. So respect to Seth Hubbard for that. Be, be on the lookout for that uh, against Ohio State. Another player who's apparently a known TikToker because B. Artis White is his name. 
Uh, he scored 20 points in the season opener against North Dakota State. He hasn't played since then due to a knee injury. I haven't seen any anything new on him in regards to his availability. I don't know if he could be back for Ohio State or if this is a serious injury. No idea, but wanted to bring him up. But when I was looking for any kind of news on him potentially returning for Ohio State, the first thing I saw was that he was apparently a, a well-known TikToker, I think with his sister, and in regards to playing basketball and, and doing all the dances and all those types of things, because that's what people do on TikTok. So shout out B. Artist White. If you're on TikTok, you can go find him if you want. Um, there's that. He, he's also got some nice mixtapes posted as well uh, of his highlights. Uh, so that's cool. Titus Wright, the other player I'll mention, he's going to play down low for Western Michigan, the, the starting center for the Broncos. He's 61% from the field. And whenever you see a field goal percentage that high, you just automatically assume that they're probably only taking shots like in the paint from the block, probably not taking a lot of shots from outside the paint. Well, Titus Wright scores literally all his paints. All his paints. Huh. He scores all his points from the paint. Literally, literally zero shots this season from outside the paint. I mean, there's a lot of different... College Basketball Analytics has some some pretty beautiful shooting maps, shooting zones. There's a lot of different ways that you can break that down. Like, you can literally just shoot the ball from the block. No, it doesn't matter. He's shooting from inside the paint. So, Felix Akpara, Zed Key. If Titus Wright ever steps into the short corner, if he ever steps, God forbid, behind the three-point line, you can just... You can just almost disrespect him and say okay yeah go ahead and catch the ball there and then go pass it away because you ain't shooting from there Titus so offensively they're fine they're not great the 65.6 points per game that is definitely is nothing special really bad free throwing team but they can hit some threes and they're a good offensive rebounding team so that's what you'll be on the lookout for on the offensive side of the ball now defensively on Western Michigan they've got 110.1 defensive rating that is well below average, but better than last season, at least. We we named those stats off the top of the preview here. They've improved a little bit, at least. They're giving up 70.4 points per game this season. And literally, their, their shooting metrics in, in terms of field goal percentage this year, all of them are about as middling as it gets. They're 42% from the field overall. They're 50% from anywhere inside the three-point line and then 32% from behind the arc. So pretty average. Again, they'll, they'll get up a lot of threes, which allows them to make a lot of threes, and they've got a couple of nice shooters, but overall pretty pretty average um, in terms of their, their defensive numbers. So they'll make some threes. They're not going to give up a lot of threes. They're not going to give up a lot of twos in general. It just is what it is for them on the defensive side of the ball. They're pretty stingy in the paint, though. Titus Wright, we already mentioned him. He stands at 6'8", 220, so pretty good size. He's got four blocks on the season, but he's also had two games in which he's had four fouls. So Titus Wright is a player who's going to get into some foul trouble. We're going to talk about the foul trouble as well here in a little bit. He he does a good job of keeping the lid on the hoop at the rim. Uh, offenses are, are just 57% from the rim this season that's literally like right at the rim doesn't count account for shots that may be coming deeper in the paint or or further away from the rim in the paint maybe i should say but 
all in all, this is a, a player who kind of hunkers down right below the hoop. That's where he plays offensively. That's where he plays defensively. He can block some shots, but he's probably going to foul a little bit as well. Low percentage shots are actually high percentage shots against Western Michigan. And what I mean by that, analytics has kind of pushed teams to shooting directly at the rim and in the paint or from deep. You don't want any pull-up jumpers from the mid-range, from the elbow, from the short corner, anything like that. Mid-range has been a no-no, according to analytics, but not against Western Michigan. Opposing teams are 45.8% from the field when they are shooting in the mid-range. That is very, very good. So as we look ahead to potentially putting together some banger bets, I have no idea if anyone really tails me on this. I think that there are a few based on some DMs and some tweets that I get. So that's cool. But you think about which player for Ohio State can consistently score from the mid-range, that's going to be a player that can go off for Ohio State. So just keep that in the back of your mind as well. And we already talked about their offensive rebounding numbers. They are they're not a good defensive rebounding team. Very, very similar to the Merrimacks, to the Texas A&M's of the world. 61.9% defensive rebounding percentage. That is outside the top 300 in the NCAA. And when you put together a bunch of metrics that are outside the top 300 in the NCAA, you're probably going to be a team like Western Michigan, who is outside the top 300 in Ken Palm, for example. So really a poor defensive rebounding team altogether. There's not a lot of players who are consistently rebounding well for Western Michigan. And not only are they not going to block a lot of shots or steal a bunch, they get an 8% steal percentage, 5.8% block percentage, both of those extremely poor. So not only do they block, they never block, they never steal, but to pile it on, they foul a lot. Their personal foul efficiency of 0.36 is just as bad as that defensive rebounding rank, well outside the top 300, really, really bad. So this is a team that most likely, as Ohio State attacks, especially down in the low post, whether it be Zed Key or Felix Akpara going up against Titus Wright or anyone else on this team, there's really no one out there who is using their fouls well, who are stealing or blocking shots a lot. It feels like a game in which there's not going to be a lot of pressure on Ohio State offensively. So that's kind of how this offense and defense breaks down for Western Michigan. Now, would love to get into some predictions, some keys to the game, some banger bets. But before we get there, let's talk about college basketball analytics. So college basketball analytics, also known as CBB analytics, That's where you should go right now. As I've said before, I use them for every single show to build out these previews, to build out these reviews. Super, super important for me to understand what is going on behind the scenes in these different games. You can look at a box score. If there's a game that you miss or specifically the the, the game against Texas A&M or against Oakland where you don't have BTN Plus, you don't have Peacock, but you want to know what happened in the game, College basketball analytics is going to be the place for you, not only for that, but for a bunch of other advanced college basketball stats. They'll allow you to have a greater understanding of the game, to be the smartest college basketball fan that you or your friends know. 
and gives you access to all the stats that I have and that a bunch of Division I coaches and coaching staffs use to get ready for their games this weekend and throughout the year. So go to cbbanalytics.com, sign up for an account. You can use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, to get a month free. Predictions. Predictions in this one. So I will structure this in a way that makes the most sense to me. And that's generally how I do all these shows anyway. So hopefully it works out. But I'm going to start with some keys to the game. And for what it's worth, first of all, Western Michigan is a team that is tough to get some film on. It, there's just not a lot out there on Western Michigan. And outside of that, the matchups against Merrimack, and this is why I loved taking the spread for Ohio State to cover in that one, was there were some very, very clear matchup advantages for Ohio State in that game. And also seeing the film, seeing the caliber of players, it was an easy read. This one is a little bit tougher for me. So I've only got two keys to the game. I might find another that I can add as long as you're following the shot pod at the shot pod on Twitter and on Instagram, you're never going to miss any of these keys to the game, but I've got a couple here that I'll give at least right now. Number one is going to be to crush Western Michigan on the defensive boards. We know that Western Michigan is a really, really poor defensive rebounding team. And for what it's worth, Ohio state has been pretty solid rebounding defensively as well. Now you can trust Zed key for a lot of that. Felix Arpara obviously hasn't been, hasn't had a lot of playing time, but their defensive rebounding percentage is above average this season. So as long as they are just simply above average or even average in this game, they're going to crush Western Michigan on the defensive glass, give themselves some more possessions, and make sure that they are keeping Western Michigan away from shooting a bunch of threes in this one. So that's the number one thing I would say is just win where you can win. Another spot, make your free throws. It sounds very simple, and I get that. And if you want to be upset with a very simple key to the game, then that's on you. But many worse things are happening right now today that you could probably be upset about. So I would would question your decision making there. However, as we discussed, Western Michigan is going to be a team that will foul you. And Ohio State is going to have the opportunity to shoot a bunch of free throws. They did so against Merrimack. They haven't really shot from the free throw line as well as they have traditionally under Chris Holtman. They're 71.4% on the year from the charity stripe. There's room for improvement there. It's not horrible. It's slightly above average among other teams this year. But if you can if you can go out and, and make 18 of 22 free throws or something like that in this one, that's going to, number one, probably help you cover the spread. Number two, it's going to give Western Michigan no chance to win a game. And number three, it's going to make you feel better about maybe gaining some momentum as Ohio State will look to Alabama coming up a a week, actually, from today if you're listening on Friday. So those are the two keys to the game that I've got. couple banger bets here. Nothing is available yet. I I will assume that we might start to see some lines coming out on Saturday with player props coming out on Sunday. Again, I want to reiterate, if you're not into sports betting, if you think it's evil, that's fine. This just gives you a way to follow the game a little bit better, see what kinds of mismatches Ohio State can take advantage of. By the way, we're 4-2 and on the year. We're up 1.3 units so far with over 20% ROI. That is 
relatively elite. It is just straight up elite. So we're going to try to keep on this train for as long as we can. So some things we're keeping an eye on. Number one is just going to be the under on total points. Both of these teams have extremely low pace ratings this season. Ohio State can put up a lot of points, and that's going to be the one thing that maybe makes you a little bit nervous. But Western Michigan can't really score. The over has hit in two of three games this year for Ohio State. So this is really going to depend on what the number will be for the total in this one. The other one that I will be looking at will be Western Michigan's total points, maybe taking the under there. I told you maybe we'll take the Merrimack under when Ohio State took took them on on, on Wednesday. And the number, I think, was like 56.5 or something that like that. Just too low for me to want to touch. So we stayed away from it. The other ones that we'll be looking at, Zed Key and his rebounding, he's been a force. Just got his first double-double of the season. Like we said, Western Michigan cannot rebound defensively. If this number comes out at 6.5, at 7.5, we're probably going to take it, trusting that Zed Key can get there. And then the last one that we'll be looking at, as always, is the spread. I personally kind of hate betting on the spread in, in any sport. College basketball I've been pretty successful with. I, I felt phenomenal about getting Ohio State minus 20 and a half. They needed to win by 21 or more. That's what that line means. And that line ballooned up to minus 24 and a half at one point for the Buckeyes. So we got it early. Would expect a pretty similar line in this one, but I'm just not as confident that Ohio State can cover that against a team like Western Michigan that maybe they hit a couple threes. Maybe they're able to go on a quick run and Ohio State, although they win this game by 20, you know, at times it, it feels like they're they're crushing it, but a couple threes go in and, and Western Michigan is maybe able to cover. So we'll take a look at the spread, but what I'll be more concerned about is potentially taking the under total on points, taking the under on Western Michigan's points, team prop, and then also looking at Zed Key's rebounding numbers as well. I'll keep on looking at the numbers, see if I can find something here using college basketball analytics that I can share with you all. But as of right now, that's going to be what we're looking at. And then in terms of predictions for this game, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ohio State start slow again, like they did against Merrimack. Again, it's two really slowly paced offensive teams. And when you don't have that knowledge, when you're going into a game against Merrimack and you're just watching the game or you're just seeing tweets about the score and and not even watching and just declaring that Chris Holtman is bad again, you've got to have a little bit more of an understanding of the game. And in this one, we might see another one where Ohio State gets off to a slow start, where Western Michigan hits some threes. They don't hit a lot of shots, but they hit some threes. So instead of it being 10 to 6, like Ohio State led against Merrimack, maybe it's 10 to 8 because a couple of those twos are actually threes for Western Michigan. Although I know Merrimack hit a couple threes to start the game as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be a, low, a, a slow start for Ohio State. We're still waiting for that quick start in the first half. We'll see if Ohio State can do it here against Western Michigan. They have all the tools. They have all the athletes. Essentially, Ohio State should win this game. They should easily win this game by double digits, and you just want to get out of here without any injuries and get ready to go take on Alabama a week from today. So that's what I've got in terms of an Ohio State preview against Western Michigan. Again, All these previews are designed to make you as well-informed as possible to take on Ohio State's opponent so that as you're watching the game, you know what to keep an eye out for. As you see players, you see names are just names sometimes. So when you get a little background on them, that's always helpful. And then even with the banger bets, just knowing 
how to watch the game, what to be looking out for. Can Ohio State take advantage of this mismatch? And the same thing for Western Michigan. So that's kind of how we how we structure these shows. I appreciate you listening today. We will be back either Sunday evening or Monday morning to give a Western Michigan review. And then, of course, we will preview Alabama, one of Ohio State's biggest non-conference games coming up here the day after Thanksgiving. So thank you again for listening today. Share the show with a friend, just one friend. I I wouldn't dare ask you to share it with two. Just share the show with one, and I will thank you for that. Uh, Indubitably? Is that that how that word should be used? I'm going to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.